Hey everyone, welcome back to Around the Emirates podcast with Sarah Musa, where I speak to guests from across UAE about topics you want to hear about. Today I'm joined by Bushra. Hello, Bushra. Hey. So Bushra is joining me as founder and chief creative officer of Aurora Hikma, which is the GCC's first outsourced Arabic messaging department. And it's not just a typical company founded by a woman. It is also a company that does a lot for employment, for raising awareness for Arabic language, and just so much coolness. So please, Bushra, tell me your story. What inspired you to create this company? And let's go from there. First of all, thank you, Sarah, for having me on uh, Around the Emirates. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, what inspired me to start the company was the fact that I actually started out freelancing in the industry and with time I realized that I didn't want to do it alone uh, there was so much more that I could do if I had a team and if uh, I had much a much bigger resource pool in terms of whether offering uh, jobs to women or just simply helping businesses out with their Arabic side of marketing I see. Wow. That is the most like succinct, efficient first answer to the question I've ever had. I got to say, thank you. Um, so let's, let's talk a bit about um, kind of the, the inspiration or the background of why you, why specifically Arabic messaging, why do you feel that this is something that you're passionate about and how did you feel that this would help create uh, employment opportunities? So the reason I started in the industry was, well, everyone starts somewhere because they need to work. But the reason I kept going and sort of switching to something else was the fact that I realized how much potential there is out there with regards to how businesses do their Arabic messaging. So hmm. I have a lot of family members who don't speak English well or are not confident enough in their English to read articles online in English and consume them and understand them properly. So I tended to be this person who brings out all the kinds of new ideas uh, because I'm up to date on stuff in English. And let's say I'm discussing someone's health problem. I'm not a doctor, but I read a lot of stuff related to health. So everyone asks me all kinds of questions because they know that I am uh, up to date on this stuff and I know where to find the right answers nice. <laughs> online. Uh, so let's say I'm explaining a chronic condition that I have to someone and I want to try to make them understand that this is why, you know, I have X, Y, Z because it's part of that and there is not a lot of awareness around that in Arabic because it's simply, uh, I do suffer from a chronic condition that is very rare. And um, I ended up being like, I have to translate entire paragraphs of articles to explain to my family members, this is why I'm doing this and this, or this is why, you know, it's very difficult for me to lose weight, for example. And um, it turned into this, whole thing where I would, I remember, and this was, uh, I think, earlier in uh, my marriage as well, that I would translate all kinds of articles for my husband. I, I would summarize them, but I would translate them, a lot of them, a lot of parts of them to make sure that he understands what's going on. 
Right. Because first of all, he wasn't a very big reader and he also wasn't very happy with how he felt his English was. It's improved now. I don't have to do a lot of translation for him. Thank God. Great. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, it's that's kind of where it started because okay. I realized that there is a lot of value that companies can provide. You know, you know, this whole thing where people do blog posts because of SEO and because they want to be visible and they want to provide value to their uh, clients. Why not do it in Arabic? There are lots of Arabic speakers who need this kind of information. They also are looking for their value. Why do you let them go to someone who isn't um, an expert? Let's say, you know, some kind of influencer who's just put together something from Google and um you're the expert on your yeah. niche. You yeah. should be showing everyone that rather than having uh, people showcase your products and just tell them why it's nice. And these usually influencers are very broad. They're not very mm -hmm. niche. They uh, target a lot of things at once. So it's always better to have your own content in Arabic as well. I love so that. that's kind of where it started. And then, so I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia to an Algerian dad and a Sri Lankan mom and I moved to Algeria to get married and that's when I realized that there are loads of opportunities in there for women to uh, there's a lot of women with a lot of potential mm. who want to work because they like to work not just because they have to work which is generally what is um in society i think most most arab societies are like that most women work just because they have to right not because they want to but there are these few who are dedicated passionate women but they don't find the jobs that actually fulfill them so for example in algeria the opportunities for in the translation industry are very limited to things like certified translation and legal translations and um, you know, so basically they end up opening an office if they get the opportunity to open an office or they work for someone who has an, an office already in their mm. region. And what they do is basically translate people's birth certificates, their certificates of graduation and some legal translation in between whenever there is uh, yeah. something going on in the courts. And that's about it. That's very stifling for someone who yeah, goes into translation because they want to be creative, right. because they want to use their languages um, that they know to be creative, not because they want to just have a job and that's it. So that's the kind of woman that I'm looking for when I um, hire someone. I'm always looking for someone who is dedicated and passionate. And I've found quite a bit of these women. Nice. And unfortunately most of them would rather work from home mm -hmm. and that's another issue where remote work is not recognized I mean in COVID there was no full lockdown for businesses in Algeria because they still don't have the infrastructure technical mm -hmm. infrastructure to go remote like there were certain time periods during the day where you can go to the bank, where you can go um, to the government offices, but nothing went online. It's still all, 
all in person. Very old school, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I see. Understood. So I love. There's a couple of points that 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 I love that you just said. So the fact that you um, noticed that there was a gap in the market, that there was something that was uh, there was a demand for women to to explore themselves creatively, specifically with um with translation. Like it's actually it's really difficult to translate stuff into Arabic, especially if it's classical Arabic or uh, kind of the Algerian uh, dialect into Arabic. So it's amazing that you were able to provide those opportunities. And I also love the fact that um, you're doing something that is a completely outside some like your comfort zone. Like this isn't something that people can just one one person can wake up one day and say, I want to start this company and I want to add this extra step of of like providing yeah. opportunities for women from my own country to work. So that's amazing. And you just used the word issues when it came to uh, working remotely. Talk to me a bit more about the challenges that it took for you to create uh, your current company. Challenges, <laughs> but my biggest challenge was COVID. Fair. So um, it was, I, I think it was back in 2019, we came to Dubai for a short trip um, where I got introduced to a few quite impressive clients at that time. They were agencies who work with big names and I started working for them remotely. And then I realized that if I am to grow this, then I need to take the next step, which is to, first of all, have a license in the UAE, because before that, I was basically dealing just with anyone who can pay me through PayPal, which right, is very restrictive, <laughs> which is very restrictive. And also... It, it, it was one of my goals that I want to come back to the region because for me, it was very difficult to adapt to um, life in Algeria. And also, I realized that there is a lot of potential in the local market and I have to have some sort of presence to be able to do that. And so I was working on the steps and, you know, we we worked out that finally, eventually, we took the decision that I'm going to actually do this. And it was one week before the entire world locked itself down. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I remember it was literally, so my husband had told me that, you know, I, I cannot take time off right now, but if you want to go, let's just get your tickets booked for next month. And literally the next week when we were supposed to decide on the date, the whole world got locked down. And I thought, in a way, I felt I was lucky. I had an uncle who was stuck here for six months. Mm -hmm. He couldn't see his kids because his kids were back in Saudi. So I started aggressively marketing myself, even though I didn't have my own license. I ended up borrowing my uncle's license and I started anyway. Um, in the middle, I hit another hurdle with my mental health because the lockdown really, really was bad for me. And I had to take quite a bit of a break. And then when I finally got back on track, uh, it took me about six months to come here and set up my license. Finally, that was last year in June. So these are just some of the challenges. Um, and then of course, one of the biggest challenges for me uh, being, you know, having to work with these clients who are in a different country than I am. 
was uh, issues with internet connectivity. And I, this is why I now have a team because if one person doesn't have an internet connection for whatever reason, I can always go to the other person. Yeah, the other person me. will. <laughs> um, yes. No, I love that. I love the fact that, you know, despite everything that came in your way, kind of like from, from lockdown to finding the right talents to even mental health. Like, I love the fact that you persevered and that you, you you kind of marched forward and you didn't let anything kind of slow you down and especially like with the the mental impacts of, of of lockdown I can completely appreciate that it was something I mean other people might have thought you know this is a sign from God I should go ahead with this but I, I, I appreciate the mm -hmm. fact that you kind of went ahead and, and still got it started and I mean amazing that you were able to get your license last year um, so knowing that you went through all of this, knowing um, the kind of strides that you've made, what would you feel is your word of advice for listeners today? My word of advice is, look, if you tried something quite a few times and it feels like it didn't work out, give it one last chance. That's what I did. When I came back from my mental health break, I decided that I'm going to give this six months. If it doesn't work, then I am definitely going to look for something else to do with my life. So don't make yourself have to do that thing because that's then going to affect you as well. And you don't want that. You want to give it one last shot, but you have to admit to yourself that you're actually giving it your all and not like, you know, working two hours a week on something yeah. and done. then after six months, you're like, oh, nothing happened. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. The fact that you really do like you've given it 100% of your effort, you can genuinely walk away knowing if it doesn't work out, you can walk away knowing you did everything that you could. So no, I definitely agree with you on that. And uh, my final question for you today, Bushra, is um, with all the stuff that you went through and all the hurdles and all the successes that you've witnessed, what would, um, is there anything that kind of silly or crazy or funny or just totally unexpected that happened to you that you're like, oh, wow, I did not know this was possible? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, uh, this is, I'll give you a bit of a background story. So, um, coming from a mixed cultural background, we used to have some kind of a bit of, well, we used to have these little hurdles at home where, so my mom had some confidence issues around her identity and she used to always tell us that we will always be considered outsiders. We will not be accepted by the natives in the GCC and this used to be something that was quite a big struggle that I had in my mindset that I would always think but why are they going to accept me hmm. you know my own mom said that they're not going to accept me and while I do uh, you know as I grew up I realized that my mom is not right about everything um I did understand that some of that came from some trauma that she had faced. And what was really, it was, it was, it was up to the point where I was laughing and crying at the same time. And I didn't even believe it when I was asked to speak at the Jeddah International Book Fair about it, uh, an experience translating a science fiction book that I'd done actually six years before I was invited last year in December. So what I felt, and I, when I actually went there, I actually asked the organizers who was the person who recommended me to be on this uh, panel. And 
I realized at that point that it came from it was it was pretty much endorsed or my recommendation came first from the um actual organizers which is the ministry of the culture which is a big thing for me because for you to have the government seal of approval after your mom telling you they're not going to accept you uh it's i mean it was it was i remember when i got the invite on linkedin i sent the screenshot of it to my husband and i was like do you think this is a scam <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was it was a pretty um it was a pretty proud moment it was my first time speaking in public so for me to go back to where i came from basically where i was born uh, where i lived for 20 years and that to be my public speaking deep but it was something that was completely out of the blue unexpected funny crying laughing everything at the same time so um yeah that was my moment and like that's you come in full circle right i mean I've been in Abu Dhabi for 20 years. I'm Egyptian by ethnicity, but by passport, I'm Canadian. So I can, and I've never lived in Egypt. Um, so I can completely relate yeah. to, I think a lot of us are kind of third culture kids, right? But uh, it's amazing that you were actually recognized by the government. And I'm so happy for you that you have seen kind of the results, like the fruits of your labors. And you have seen that the hard work was all worth it. So um, thank you so much for for being such a source of in- inspiration for for fellow um, women, uh, fellow translators, people that are trying to start their own companies that are trying to um, highlight the importance and the beauty of the Arab language and the creativity and the possibilities behind it. And just thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Thank you, Sarah, for having having me. Uh, I'm really uh, grateful for this opportunity, and I look forward to. Uh, seeing the rest of your podcast and what you do with it as well got it (laughs) thanks everyone take care bye bye